Welcome to the Proletarian Contrarian, the podcast where we reevaluate bad films through a leftist perspective. I'm Nick. And I'm Lewis. And we're here to talk to you today about um, a DC movie that deals with a villain, a Batman villain, but it, the, the villain is the focus of the film. Um, that's right. It's not Joker. It's Catwoman. Oh, fuck. I watched uh, the wrong movie. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, no, it, 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 I'm prepared for it, folks. We're all prepared. Hopefully, you're all prepared for the 2004 uh, Catwoman film directed by some dude named Pitoff. Oh, my God. Which sounds like a Batman villain, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, this this French guy, his name's his working name is Pitoff. His, his, his nom de guerre is Pitoff. Yeah. Um, forget what his actual name is doesn't matter yeah who cares uh he he's a music video director i don't think he directed any music videos he, he was a visual artist supervisor right. visual right. effects supervisor um for a bunch of films like he worked on i think alien 3 um and other films by that director jean-pierre Jeannot, i think is his name um he did amelie well alien resurrection oh maybe i don't alien know four. is that alien four is that the one he did fin- fincher did three but he disavowed it okay so then yeah he worked on uh alien resurrect right. resurrection resurrected alien Res- alien resurrection is the fourth one yes where sigourney weaver plays basketball with um with hellboy what's his face ron perlman wow basketball so i mean to get really far afield here actually we can, we can kind of tie it in sigourney weaver is a clone in alien resurrection and she's spliced with alien dna and one of the scenes they use to show off like her reflexes and her strength and her coordination all that shit is she she makes like a backwards like three-point shot on a on, on like a basketball like court in the middle of a spaceship it's 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 a, it's a it's fucking weird we might have to do alien resurrection because people hate it yeah yeah we probably should um but there is a basketball scene in this film as well so which is how i was going to tie it back yeah, into that's, Catwoman. It's, that's incredible pete off loves basketball um yes which you wouldn't think from a french guy but i don't know <laughs> um but yeah so catwoman uh came out in 2004 um starring holly berry of course as catwoman uh not selena kyle nope. but uh someone named patience phillips ridiculous um, benjamin Benjamin Bratt, Sharon Stone, Lambert Wilson, Francis Conroy, and Alex Borstein, um, all a co-star. Lambert Wilson, of course, is the the Merovingian, the asshole. Again, these fucking French people, and um, <laughs> my I'm, 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 my heritage is it's French Canadian, so I can say this: the, these these disgusting bourgeois frogs, these high class uh, <laughs> French villains. Um, yeah, he's he's the Merovingian from the Matrix. He's the the French asshole. Yeah, yeah, I was wondering what his accent was supposed to be. Let's just go with French. Um, it was, I think it's French trying to do American. Yeah, yeah, probably. Um, yeah, it's, it's just a weird film overall. Um, even the inclusion of Alex Borstein, you know, she's from Mad TV. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know, kind of wasted. Like, she's never laugh out loud funny in this movie. She, she's like kind of outrageous and horny best friend character. Yeah yeah which i appreciate um, but she's she's great at that but it's a it's a good role it's a it's a fine it's a fine archetype for this kind of character it just she doesn't get much to do mm, no not at all um so yeah this movie was uh universally maligned uh nine mm. percent rotten tomatoes tomato meter um only uh doubled for the audience score at 18 percent um wow yeah uh budget 100 million box office 82 million so <laughs> Yep. It was a loss for the studio, for sure. Yep, that sounds about right. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, we we did make the joke about the Joker. We made the joke about the Joker earlier. Um, but this this is very similar to that in that it's a um, it's a derivative Batman character that headlines their own film um, with very little with no Batman in this one and very little in, in Joker, of course. Um, and and there are other parallels we can get into a little bit later. Um, this one doesn't even yeah, take the, place in Gotham. It's no, the city's no, not even it, named. It's and it, yeah. majority of the skyline is CGI throughout this film. There's some wild ass CGI. Yeah, in this movie. Um, <laughs> and not not just on the obvious candidate of Catwoman herself when she does like her fight scenes, right. but like like you were saying, establishing shots of 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 the building. Um, it reminded me like of a polished, slightly polished version of um, some of the crazy CGI that's in Batman Forever. Mm, sure. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. like when we look at the Wayne Enterprises building when we first meet Edward Nigma, there's a there's a crazy playstation one style cutscene for that for that uh building too right yeah and isn't there like a like a kind of like an atlas like statue holding up like the highway in in, that's, in that uh, in the schumacher batmans as well that's present in batman forever but it's much more prominent in batman and robin, batman and robin yeah but yeah it's it's definitely more there but yeah that, that's one of the best parts of those movies mm, oh for um, sure definitely the best part of of the world that they create in that um th- yeah the city this, in this, this one city is, is very generic it is very generic i think it was just like this is the processing power that we have for cgi now let's just yeah. kind of show it off um yep. and especially with uh, pitoff being a, a, a visual effects guy um right yeah it makes sense but it's it's the least inspired aspect of this film definitely Mm-hmm. Um, we have a review here by Anne Hornaday of the Washington Post. Uh, she writes, Catwoman was directed by someone named Pitoff, who reportedly <laughs> got his start as an editor and visual effects specialist. That provenance is clearly evident in a movie that is designed and edited to resemble one big music video, a jangly jumble of quick cuts and TV-friendly close-ups that discarded such anachronisms as story and character like so much kitty litter. The great thing about the Batman, in quotation mark, movies, well, the good ones, is that they embrace the television show's campy sensibilities while exploring its darker psychological regions. Here, nothing is embraced or explored. The fun has been whipped right out of it. Still, when given the chance, Barry does a good job as the transformed patients, whose sudden attraction to catnip and tuna straight out of the can bewilders her as much as her newfound antipathy towards dogs. And she's been given a handsome, believable love interest in Benjamin Bratt, who plays a dreamy police detective. Their impromptu game of one-on-one makes for a sexy, if hyper-edited, courtship ritual. So basically everything we said, except I don't understand the line she says about the campy Batman movies, the good ones. Um, because that would does that mean that she liked the, the Batman and Robin, the Schumacher Batmans? I think... Um... The consensus among "quote unquote" professional movie critics is um, that the sh- that the Burton Batman's are good campy, whereas the Schumacher Batman's are bad. Are campy. bad campy? Okay. That, that, I guess that, that makes that sense. Se- yeah, that that seems to be the consensus among um, critics and just nerds online in general. Like they'll they'll say that they they like aspects of Burton Batman movies, even if even if they prefer the Nolan movies. Um, whereas the the Schumacher Batman movies, according to them, are too too ridiculous too over the top too commercial all that crap um right yeah so she's doing a little bit of shorthand here and, and yeah i don't know i i find it bullshit but yeah i, I don't agree <laughs> i'm just i'm just yeah I'm, I'm i'm reporting from the front lines of the nerd culture wars um 
I, yeah, I stayed I, at home uh, tilling the fields while you did that, so I uh, <laughs> unaware of such bullshit. Yeah, I I kind of agree with the the issues brought up here, but that this movie does kind of work too. The the reason I keep making the Joker comparison is like it, it's very much an origin story for this villain. But like the the transformation itself is more interesting than when they actually become the villains, um, which yeah. which is kind of like the Batman movies bread and butter. That's what like all of them run on. Um, so it's it, it it's it, it's kind of one of the main like main complaints about Batman movies in general that the villains are always or superhero movies in general um, is that the villains are always more interesting than the hero, um, which is one of the problems with the MCU is that they have shitty villains. But yeah, I don't know that this movie does kind of work like fuck me but it kind of does yeah no it does it's strange um you know at first i was kind of pissed off that they created this whole new character patience phillips but you know mm-hmm. we have to understand why this was done uh the next year batman begins comes out wb yes. obviously had that planned yes. so they just said fuck it um you get to do an elseworlds comic basically um mm-hmm. with creating your own little character and, and Pitoff in interviews, he says like, Oh, I want to do something different than the Catwoman in previous media. You know, I look, I read the comics and I wanted to see how she was portrayed and I want to do something different, but it's like, okay, yeah, we get it. That's, never, that's he, good. This guy, this guy has never read a comic book. Oh, there's book in no, his life. there's no way this man's ever read a comic <laughs> book. I will, I will say patience Phillips is more interesting, um, than the dark Knight rises, uh, Selena Kyle. Yeah. Yep. That's true. Like much more interesting take on the character. Um, more going on, more just just a better Catwoman in general, even though they take several creative liberties here. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean the Selena Kyle played by Anne Hathaway. You know, no no shade thrown against Anne Hathaway. I think she's a phenomenal she actress, fine. but yeah. it's just like it's kind of like the cliff notes of Catwoman that you know yes. that performance. It's like oh she's she's yes. you know a cat burglar and she likes to you know uh, live this slap luxury and get, you know, right. play with the hoity toity people and then. I don't know, some other bullshit. Not to get on too much of a tangent about the Nolan movies, but like that whole, The Dark Knight Rises, it felt palpably like they didn't want to make that because Heath Ledger was dead and they were just going through the motions. Yeah. Um, especially Nolan. He he basically made those movies to fund his other projects. It, it seems like, like I think I think that's explicitly the deal he had with Warner Brothers actually. Like, like we'll, we'll give you one of your movies for every Batman movie that you do. Right. So then he goes on to make interstellar right is that his next movie interstellar was the one he got for for rises <laughs> inception he got for um for dark knight and i think he got prestige for batman begins yeah, i think that's correct yeah. wow great good job not Nolan. I, you did it not that i love any of those movies necessarily. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah anyway um yeah the, the patience phillips i i get why that would rankle some people and um but i i, I think it worked out for the best try, trying to make this selena kyle in this movie would not have worked out very well. No, probably not. Um, it's yeah, it's not terrible. And I do appreciate the, the, the small differences that they, they they allow the, the story to, to have. So, um, you know, uh, I guess we can get into it a little bit here. Um, so like we said, it's, uh, not Gotham. It's, uh, Patience Phillip played by Holly Berry, who is, she's in the art department for a makeup line called Hedair products. The company, the makeup company in general is called Hedair. Yeah. Which which is a cool name. And I looked it up and apparently it doesn't really refer to anything. <laughs> it, 
it it just sounds like a makeup company name and it also sounds like kind of like a mythical like cat goddess name to it at the same time yeah. which is neat yeah that's true uh, this film does have a lot of uh, egyptian touchstones when, and we we'll, we'll talk about that eventually um but yes yeah, so she is in the art department her and uh, alex borstein's character of sally patience phillips is this movie's failed child oh yeah 100 uh, sure. um and and one of the biggest aspects of that is she has like this really nebulously creative job in the art department like we, i'm not sure what she does she's a designer maybe i think she's a designer for the ads yeah i think that's what she shows uh mr Hedare. yeah yeah George yeah so like she does like color correcting for photos or she does like photoshop work for all the ad like the photos and the ads or whatever some some bullshit job which is like fail child fail child uh personified right just like this this job that's kind of creative but like you work in marketing so like you kind of hate it too um which, which is relatable and um she doesn't make like like she can barely make her rent or whatever. Um, she lives in the middle of the city and she's just like oh like harried by her boss and everything. Um, just fail child through and through. Yeah, definitely. And the first time we see her, she's wearing this incredibly frumpy outfit. Like it's yes, it's kind of like yes. a muumu, but she's also wearing pants. And then it almost it has like a suspenders it's, affect it's to like it, a tu- like a tunic or yeah, something. Yeah, it's really strange. Um, yeah. and then she gets chewed out for wearing it actually the by her boss. Her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Um, but yeah, so we we set up the the Merovingian character and his wife uh, Sharon Stone. Um, and they loathe each other. It's pretty funny. Yeah. It's just like they absolutely have contempt for each other, and they're only together because like they're they're co chair chair people of this company, right? And they they maintain the marriage for the image of that. Um, and he he's very obviously sleeping with like the younger models that they they do photo shoots with. Um, but what's kind of interesting is Sharon Stone kind of sticks up for for patience. Um, in the scene where she's chewed out, she like like that. Patience is chewed out because apparently she picked the wrong color or the wrong tone for, for some ad. Um, and Mr. Hedare is pissed off. But then Sharon Stone, Mrs. Hedare, does stick up for her. And she, she's like, oh, she's the best, which is uh, which was an interesting wrinkle to that whole dynamic. Yeah, it's just, well, it's an interesting scene um, in the context of the previous scene as well. So the, the introduction of George and what is her name? The... Uh, uh, Laurel Hedare. Um, you know, we get this boardroom scene where they're talking about their their new cosmetic line called Bioline, uh, which is just it's it's every time they say it, it's hilarious to me, and they say it throughout this film maybe fifty times. Yeah. Just Bioline, Bioline. Um, I just kept thinking about it for days and just saying it to myself. So instead, really quick, so instead of me saying I'm the Joker, baby, in the card myself, you're saying <laughs> Bioline to myself over and over again uh this movie gave me catwoman oh, yeah. brain for sure oh yeah um, but yeah so there's this boardroom scene where he's um talking about the the, the new model who'll be the face of this cosmetic line who he's oh, speaking of which with. the the boardroom it looks like the war room from um dr strangelo yeah that's true it does with the table yeah, yeah. the big circular table um and then, yeah, so him and the wife are going at it. And, well, she's going to step down from the company, right? No, she... she. Oh, she's stepping down as, her position as the face CEO, of the company. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, right. she had been the face of the company for like two decades. And 
um she's getting older and of course i can't have that because you're an evil makeup company right. so they have they have her replacement yes yeah so that's the boardroom scene there and actually again sharon stone kind of asserts her dominance in that scene too because as yeah, she's yeah. going to make the announcement about her stepping down she makes it for him um yes. so when he's yes. he goes into this meeting with patience Phil, phillips he's super pissed off already he wants to assert right. his dominance so he tries to assert his dominance over patience right. and then right. laurel is like oh well actually she's great and you're 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 a fuck up or right. no that's totally true um yeah, no, there, there's there's some interesting, I mean, it, it almost seems too obvious to say, and like, I don't want to give this movie more credit than it deserves, but there are some interesting gender politics to this film, um, even even just as like a creative, or as like a pop culture Elseworlds movie, um, there, there's little characterization bits like that, um, especially like when those gender politics kind of butt up against corporate culture, um, they, they come, out in, come out in interesting ways. Yeah, I mean, they're obviously trying to say something and have a somewhat <laughs> yes. feminist message. Um, yes. And I think as we talk more about the uh, the final fight, we can maybe get into that. But I, Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. No, that, there's some good visuals. <laughs> there's some good fight. visuals there. And just, you know, the, the yeah, the makeup thing, like it could be just it could be smarter, just like a lot of this movie. Yeah, um, this yeah, it definitely needed like a few more drafts, I think. But um, the components are there, which is more than we can say about a lot of comic book movies today. Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, so patience, she gets reamed out by her boss, and um, she randomly tries to rescue a cat that runs along her win- her her third story window, um, because she thinks it's trapped on top of like an air conditioning unit. And when she gets out to go save it, people on the ground think she's trying to kill herself. Yeah, yeah. So that's when we meet um, the the cop played by uh, Benjamin Bratt, uh, Detective Benjamin Bratt. Tom Lone. Mm-hmm. Um, very comic book name, but it is a very comic yeah. book name. But I don't think that's a character that's named. No, either. I don't think so either. <laughs> um, well, but, but I mean, like in in Joker, one of the detectives that pursues him, I forget the I forget that character's name, but it is the name of like a of like a third third rate batman cop character so oh, really? it, it's huh. it's unimplausible yeah, yeah yeah yeah. that's interesting no yeah i looked i, I couldn't find anything about tom alone yeah um but actually the scene where she's so she balances on the air conditioning unit in her apartment right trying to reach this cat um and right. I, you know i don't want to give uh this film more credit as as <laughs> you, you said but uh it, it just reminded me a lot of harold lloyd's film safety last like when he's on uh, the yes, facade of, of the building i don't know it's just i don't know it's just no it could have been hey I better mean, but does the, the, the author dude like if it if we find it and if we can argue for it it's valid and yeah i mean pitoff is a pretentious french asshole so maybe he was thinking of that yeah yeah i don't know um but yeah so benjamin brett cop tom lone he he runs up to save her um because he does think she's trying to kill herself that functions as their meet cute um and after patience makes it clear that she wasn't trying to kill herself um tom asks to see her again and she's like yeah sure but then she has to run off because she's late for work um and this work we get a little montage of her work day because she has to develop the right shade of red for the ad right and she has to and she's going to get it delivered from a bike messenger but of course but the bike messenger cancels for some reason and she has to deliver it herself to the um the 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 factory the makeup the makeup like production center 
Um, so she has to run over there and it's, it's like the middle of the night and she's going to make it like 15 minutes before a deadline. Um, and when she gets to the uh, makeup production center, she stumbles across <laughs> this, this ridiculously over the top scene of um, like the makeup technician protesting the ethics of the addictive and toxic makeup line um, to Laurel Hedare saying like oh, i can deal with like certain side effects like being coming addicted but like i draw the line at like when it when it harms people or some some ridiculous like corporate malfeasance yeah. scene because mm-hmm. they're, they're doing like a video chat and the scientist guy has like this projection of the their new model's face yes. after using the product for so many months and like it's like scarred and horribly disfigured and um, a, side, a side plot that kind of goes nowhere is um, Alex Borstein's character is is using the same makeup, right. and she re- she really loves it. She's like, "Oh, it makes me look so good. It makes me look so young." Um, and she she's complaining about migraines. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then eventually hospitalized, and yeah, it really goes nowhere. I thought like maybe yeah. it would be kind of a call to action for Catwoman, yeah. but yeah. it really wasn't that. Catwoman was kind of avenging her own death, um, which we get to now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, in this she scene. Uh, she. She gets got yeah. um, by because because she knocks something over and then the security guards are tipped off, um, and because she had seen the cover up um, for the makeup for the makeup the toxic makeup, right. um, she tries to run away and they try to, because they try to kill her. Yeah, yeah, um, it's a it's a decent chase sequence. Um, it's a cool it's a cool like industrial setting because industrial settings for for crappy action movies they're kind of like old hat. Um, because it's so easy to shoot in like a factory just to get a permit somewhere. And, and that's, that's your scene for your action movie, especially if you're on a low, on a shoestring budget. But, um, but this one, it has, it has this cool, uh, sewer tunnel that they chase yeah. her into. Um, and it's interesting cause like the visuals of it is like, she's a mouse at this point. She's, she's still mousy. She's being chased literally into like this, this hole in the wall. Um, and when and when she is chased into the sewer, the they shut the door behind her and they turn on the water and then she's um she's jettisoned out into the 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 ocean outlet drainage area yeah, below the harbor or something of the unnamed city. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, overall it's it's a it's an interesting little chase sequence. Again, um, you know, Pitoff was a visual effects specialist, and I think it kind of uh, plays to his strong suits there. I know Anne Hornaday and a lot of other critics were like, you know, kind of maligning the uh, the music video kind of editing aesthetic. But as someone who hates that aesthetic, I didn't hate this sequence. I thought it was pretty good. Um, it's at least it's at least interesting. Um, I, I similarly don't love music video editing, but it, it's, it's more memorable certainly than the Marvel house style at this point. Yeah. Um, and I know that's kind of, that's kind of our whipping horse, um, on this show, but in the, some movies in the Marvel canon lend themselves well to that editing aesthetic, but like it gets really fucking old after a while, after what, 21 films. Oh um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Even even in the good movies, it, it it's old. Um, Just having a house style in general, I mean, it's kind of boring, yes. right? I mean, you know, yes. to to an extent, you can say the DC films are trying to have a house style, but that's really because it's the same director doing the majority of the DCU. It's it's Zack Snyder. Um, Suicide Squad really doesn't have the same style as as Justice League. Um, obviously, Joker doesn't. If there's one thing we can't fault Suicide Squad for, it's it is totally different than <laughs> Man of Steel and Justice League. Right. Yeah. And then, you know, this film and, and um, 
other DC films, not being in an extended universe is a good thing, folks. Yes, yes. Um, continuity is... Uh, yeah, I'll say it. It continuity is like one of the the main the main uh, the main columns of um, corporate nerddom. It's one of its it's like found foundational um, strengths, and it's one of the things that it can use to leverage um, intellectual property and um, and kind of cultivate brand loyalty um, to one specific piece of intellectual property. And I can understand the. I can understand liking continuity between different pieces of like, like different works of art, but not at the expense of like the slavish devotion the MCU has has cultivated. Yeah, definitely. And with the DC Warner brothers stuff, you can almost say there's, there's a metatextual element to it as well. It's, it's exactly like comic books, whereas you have writers and creative teams that come and go. Um, New ones are hired, you know, the older ones go on to bigger and better things. Um, That's what we can see from the eighties, uh, DC stuff starting or even mm-hmm. 70s starting with Superman yep. 80s going into yep. Supergirl and the Batman movies 90s still the Batman movies early 2000s films like this and of course the, the Nolan films and then finally the culmination of the DCEU but um, yeah I mean it's it's exactly like comic book comic book arcs yeah and I mean it th- th- this line it's not thrown around so much anymore but I used to see it all, all the time back in the day like comic books and superheroes are modern day mythology which is kind of i've mentioned that before on the show and it, it's kind of true but it's also kind of like eye rolly and like yeah what, what else like the great observation what else do you have but if we are going with that line of argument um that reinterpretation reimagination and retelling um without any sense of strict continuity lends itself better to that that modern day mythology sentiment mm-hmm. yeah definitely and that also plays into what happens next uh, in this film. Uh, <laughs> I was hoping you would pick up on that, <laughs> that little inroad I thought of there. Um, yeah, so this film introduces a, a new aspect to the Catwoman lore, as far as I know. I mean, I, I haven't read every single Catwoman story, but um, this introduces the Egyptian mythology uh, component that I have not seen, at least in a live-action version. Um, Michelle Pfeiffer, um, she just gets reanimated by a cat, and it's not explained. Well, she she develops nine lives, too, explicitly in the movie, mm-hmm. um, which is, like, I think, I think that, to the best of my knowledge, is the first time that Catwoman ever had any kind of supernatural powers instead of just being like, oh, a sexy cat burglar. Right. Um, but yeah, th- this version of Catwoman, Patience Phillips, she does develop explicit superpowers. Um, she kind of becomes like Daredevil with Vision. Yeah, it's funny. There are a lot of Daredevil parallels with this movie. Like, yeah, there are. Um, yeah. The the basketball scene, which we'll talk about soon, has a parallel in Daredevil with the playground scene. Yep. Um, yeah, there's other stuff. Just the, trust the, us. the loss, the 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 hooking up with, but then loss of the of the love interest yeah. is a Daredevil thing. And Daredevil, the, the Daredevil movie came out a year before That's this. That's right. One. Yeah, yeah, two thousand three. Uh, the the weirdo crappy CGI. <laughs> <laughs> There's no cat vision yeah, so, in this movie, though. Whereas Daredevil is his Daredevil vision. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, we kind of get that because after after the cat's resurrected, there is cat um, vision. Oh my god, that's right. Yep. Holy she shit. she looks she looks at the city. Yes. Right. The, the magnification, yeah, yes. the magnification of the seagull and the, and the the spider. Holy mm-hmm. shit! This movie just is Daredevil. This movie is 
or Daredevil. Re- this movie is one part Daredevil, one part Joker, one part like God. I don't know. Um, to be decided. Yeah, to be decided. But there's something else there. Um, um, what's that movie where Sharon Stone is basic, basic instinct. instinct? It's that as well. Let's yeah, throw yeah, that in. That's there. good. That's good. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we we see patients she develops these powers and she runs around like a cat she kind of like jumps around on all fours yeah. she her her senses get heightened she has increased speed strength agility all that stuff mm-hmm. um and she she's kind of really freaked out by it like understandably um she she like when she wakes up the next morning in her apartment she's like sleeping on top of a cabinet somewhere oh, <laughs> like she's mm-hmm. just up in the air yeah, yeah, yeah. and she's all curled up in a ball um it's it's pretty good performance by Halle Berry like she really seems um animalistic like in in a very physical acting kind of yeah. way she's better as the Patience Phillips character than she is you know the the Catwoman alter ego unfortunately um yes she, she does sell the the virgin Patient Phillips uh she doesn't really sell the the Chad uh Catwoman I kind of like her better in this than as Storm, honestly. Yeah, that's fair. Because she she start she's Storm in the X Men movies, but she's she doesn't get anything to do in mm-hmm. those movies, really. No. She has that terrible line about zapping a toad, and that's it. Oh my god! Yeah, we can blame Joss Whedon for that one. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Probably because he, I think he did a few revisions of the script, and like they were going to say they were going to build it up through the movie. They were going to be like, oh. Do you know what happens when a toad jumps on the wall? Do you know what happened when a toad jumps up in the air? Like that was going to be Toad's catchphrase, but then they cut out all of those before that one. Oh, that's why it just makes no sense at all. Right. Like they Toad was going to be saying throughout the movie and throughout the fight, like, do you know what happens when a toad sticks his tongue out at you or whatever? Oh, gotcha. Wow. Yeah, that, yeah. that'd be way more interesting. It would actually make sense and not just be yeah. able to... Yeah, <laughs> yeah so... Um, Patience Phillips uh, goes to work now, and um, oh, this is this great! Is, this, this is a pretty great is really little good. scene. Yeah. Um, she's just working at her desk, working on a new sketch. Actually, is she drawing? She's drawing her boss, isn't she? Like she's drawing him as like a demon. She's drawing a, a caricature <laughs> of him as a, as a, as like this pissed off shithead. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he he's like right behind her he has no idea that she's there and he's like what are you doing what are you drawing and then she she tells him off actually she like says i don't i don't remember the wording exactly but she tells him off um and he fires her on the spot and everybody cheers everybody in the office um they go crazy because she she kind of has like a schizophrenic thing going on like like she's split between her identities of patience right. and his Catwoman. Mm-hmm. That was interesting as well. I like that idea. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But yeah. It's a little practice, clunky. Mm-hmm. It's very clunky in practice, unfortunately. It's a little, little bit of, I, I mean, because of Batman villains, I was also thinking a little bit of Two-Face going mm-hmm. on. Um, but yeah, it, it isn't really, it doesn't come across the best because um, this is where, uh, what's her face, enters the movie, uh, Francis Conroy. Yes. That's right. Joker's um, mom as, is in this movie. Yep. Joker's <laughs> mom, which is another freaking... Yep. That connects this to the uh, the Joker film. It's actually... This yep, is Alex, and Else Worlds are all connected. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. That would be... That, that would be like the monkey's paw wish of all these Else Worlds films. Like, they're all... Like, they're not in main continuity, but they're in their own Else Worlds continuity. Um, but yeah, so she is like this kind of eccentric professor character. 
who um, ex professor because she didn't get tenure because of a man denied tenure because of yep the the ingrained sexism mm-hmm. of the academic world which is real um she lives in this house it looks like the out the up house yeah. from the movie up <laughs> it uh, just like this little this little uh, picturesque um two-story bungalow in the middle of skyscrapers um and the, the cat that patients had rescued from her apartment um leads her there and that's where she learns that um midnight is that the cat name of the cat midnight midnight yeah. is that cat's name yeah which is it was a very good cat name um where patients learns that there have been other cat women throughout the ages and um like the spirit of of i think it's bast the egyptian mm-hmm. goddess yeah, of cats um kind of gives be, bestows her gifts upon upon women throughout like throughout the millennia um, and she's just the latest incarnation of that, which reminds me of yet another DC character. Um, the the DC character Hawkman has gone through. Like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. I want to say like f- like four or five very serious reboots oh, yeah. and reevaluations yeah, because crazy. like Hawkman kind of sucks and like nobody <laughs> likes him very much. Um, and Hawkgirl is a much more inter- interesting character, if only from the Justice League cartoons. But um, because DC doesn't know what to do with him, they keep trying to like think of what to do with him. In one of the one of the reboots that they put him through was that he was the reincarnation of um, an Egyptian pharaoh because the hawk imagery right. and, mm-hmm. and, and the idea of like fighting with ancient weapons is very sure. Egyptian. Um, so I kind of I kind of got those vibes from from Catwoman, but it, but like it works here better than it does for Hawkman. I think. Yeah, yeah, I know they made Hawkman and Hawk Girl aliens as well. I think that's what they are now. They're just oh, aliens. God. Well. Yeah, so originally he was like an Indiana Jones archaeologist right. and he found these enchanted items mm-hmm. uh, and he puts on the wings because it's enchanted pieces. And then he became Thanagarian because yes. they were like alien, mm-hmm. like alien, like alien angel people. And then it went through something else and it was like, fuck it, all of it's true. It's just different versions of the same reincarnated right, person. Right, Well, pretty interesting. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's cool. Yeah, uh, but uh, Catwoman here... Um, is uh yeah. yeah she has just that uh, egyptian mythology aspect to it um almost more like moon knight i would say from marvel yes uh you know yes moon knight especially with the um, the reincarnation yeah he worships the egyptian god Khonshu, which is like a moon god i think it's like a lesser god um mm-hmm. not one of the, the the main uh cosmology we'll have to reference the age of mythology uh player's manual <laughs> Uh, but Bast is a minor god in Age of Mythology you can worship. Yeah, it's pretty yeah, cool. That's um, right. But yeah, no, th- this this direction works for Catwoman. Um, like we said before, th- they never really did anything like this with the character. But um, in Catwoman as a character, the classic iteration, it, it's very solid concepts. Like especially especially when contrasted with Batman. But if she's on her own with absolutely no reference to like the the idea of a vigilante that she's in love with, um, and they have that tension. Um, she needs, a, I think there needs to be a little more going on in, in this kind of mythic grounding, uh, is a, is an interesting and suitable, um, backstory for, for this more independent version of Catwoman. Yeah. I was doing some research, um, on this, this film and just different iterations of Catwoman previously. And I found some scholarly articles, uh, my, with my uh, newfound grad school, I can access uh, a lot of, uh, things that some oh, yeah. people can't, unfortunately, uh, obviously information should be, be democratized. Um, and the, uh, subscription, uh, uh, publication, uh, yes. uh, grift, uh, should be ended as soon as possible. 
Um, uh, Lewis does have Catwoman and Brain. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I was I was just doing some research, and there was mention of other Catwomen uh, throughout the ages, much like this. Uh, but you know, within the last um, I don't know fifty, sixty years different iterations, both in comic books and, and, and movies. And um, they were talking, of course, about, you know, Eartha Kitt, Batman, uh, Catwoman, and, and the Batman, uh, Adam West. But I thought what was most interesting is they were discussing these two different series of Catwoman comics, um, where she was given her standalone comics. Um, and, and there was one written, I believe, in the 90s, where she was given, like, this very working-class background her mother right. um, was, I, I believe, Hispanic, um, and, and she kind of was like almost a Robin Hood-esque character, a protector of the working class. Yeah, that's kind of there. I do know in um, in the Frank Miller Batman Year One series, um, she is a sex worker. Right. Um, and, and part of her characterization is she protects other sex yeah, workers. Yeah, that's right. Um, Bat- Batman, before he becomes Batman, he's involved with a, in a scu- with a scuffle. Um downtown like like the worst area of downtown um and in the fight um a younger sex worker does get injured like she gets pushed aside and injured and that's what causes catwoman to jump into into that fight and to protect her um so yeah there there are other iterations of of catwoman other than just like the straight up cat burglar Mm -hmm. and and i think to make it interesting and 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 you know to deviate somewhat from that cat burglar uh, aspect the Either we have this version, you know, this more mythic figure or, or the working class uh, figures. I think that's those are interesting threads, definitely, um, mm-hmm. that we probably don't think much of because, you know, the the Gotham TV show, my understanding is she's more or less just, you know, the cat burglar aspect as well. Um, but she's younger, of course. Um, I've seen a few episodes of the show and the show just makes no goddamn fucking sense. Uh, it's yeah. it's truly it's, awful. It seems- it seems wild it's like all the interesting stuff in, in gotham city before it actually becomes interesting yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh the last shot because i've actually watched the last fucking episode and the last shot is I've batman seen this it's shot. So I've, seen the, I've seen the last shot of the it's last episode so terrible it's the worst batman costume by far yep yep it, it it is it is outrageous how much worse it is than a lot of like fan cosplay for is. sure uh, speaking of costumes, we get two costumes in this Catwoman yes. film. Um, we get a more kind of a biker aesthetic leather uh, jacket Catwoman. The first time we see Catwoman. And do you remember where she gets that? She pull she pulls it from under her bed from, um, I'm going to forget the character's name again, Susan or Sally. Sally. Alex Borstein's character Sally gives it to her, and it it's, <laughs> the note is still attached. It says, For dating emergency yeah, yeah. love. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so she actually has this run-in with uh, people across the way from her apartment. Extremely fucking relatable <laughs> as a failed child, let me tell you. <laughs> they they play music uh, too loud. They're kind of like yep. uh, heavy metal aesthetic, biker heavy metal aesthetic um, individuals. Yep. And uh, with her with her newfound um, supervillain yeah, swagger. Yeah, her newfound supervillain swagger. She, she goes over and um, she... She uh, she uses the um the the keg the uh, the hose on the keg to like yes. uh, spray down yes. the speaker at first so the speaker yep. short circuits and then she actually uses that same uh that same like hose for the keg as a whip and she yep. like starts whipping the it's party goers whip. yeah it's so, yeah <laughs> it's so and, and she like beats up and intimidates 
presumably the guy who lives there, the the, the lead party go the the chief party yeah, goer. Yeah, I guess. the guy she always sees through the window. Yeah, um, so that's pretty cool. And then I I think that's his bike that she steals later on. And again, the, this more Daredevil parallels like dressed in all leather and riding a yep. bike. It, it it was like um the the bullseye character oh, from Daredevil. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Playing some ridiculous music over at over the over the scene of her riding away. Yeah. Um, and then we just this is one of the more it's just a baffling setup for this scene. Yeah, yeah. So she yeah. previously saw like this piece of jewelry in a window. She goes yeah. back to that and it's like Well, I think I think her the idea is like her cat like tendencies, like she she's like attracted to it. Right. Like, it's like a shiny object. Like a cat, yeah. cat scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cat scenes and then shiny that they really mm-hmm. like. Yeah. So she goes back to steal it, but at the same time other people are robbing the store. About three or yes, four it's other burglars. Very, it's very much vi- video game logic. Yeah. Um, and they're like heavily armed as well. Like they have like shotguns and shit. I don't know why you would rob mm-hmm. a store with shotguns, but. You know, in case a cat woman attacks of course. you. Um, so she gets, she has a little domino mask in this scene from the store itself. Yeah. Part, part of the decoration for the thing she likes is a domino mask. Yeah. Um, and then we are treated to a, a PlayStation 2 fight, basically. Yep. Um, basically something out of devil may cry yeah. like just absolutely absolutely wonky jumping around in, in cgi and and shotgun blasts destroying parts of the scenery mm-hmm. and everything i didn't mind it i don't know i mean no no yeah. it's not bad it's, it's just, just that the cgi did not age well at all it's poorly edited as well it could be much worse but it's pretty clunky i will say it's more comprehensible than any of the fight scenes from batman begins that's, only that's fair those those fight scenes are just you, don't know what's going yeah. on um and also i like what i like about the fight scenes in this movie is uh patience when she fights she toys with her enemies like a cat like oh um, yeah mm-hmm. just like toying with its prey like there's there's one i, I think it happens a l- if not in this fight scene in the next in the next one in the alleyway um she knocks a gun out of someone's hand yeah it, it happens in the next one because she knocks the gun out of the guy's hand and then she lets him run for it but then she whips him and pulls him right. back right mm-hmm. She's taunting him like a cat would taunt yeah. a mouse. So yeah, I guess we could just jump to the um, the the sexy Catwoman outfit now. Um, there's some right. bullshit that happens in between these. Nothing of relevance, honestly. I guess the only relevant thing the only relevant thing is she steals a bunch of jewels, but then she returns it the next day because she feels, or she returns it later because she feels bad. Right. And because um, the patient's Phillips you know aspect of her character takes over and she feels bad and yeah and this was nice she returns everything except for the things she really wanted right. mm-hmm. she keeps yeah, that which is kind of cool which yeah, is a nice little touch woman uh, personality is still there yeah and um officer detective lane um finds a note that says sorry that she left behind and he uses the handwriting on that note he compares it to the sorry that she had written on a paper coffee cup to apologize for missing yes. the date that she mm. set up um, which I saw coming a mile away the second oh, yeah. they showed the return the return note. Um, and he he tries to compare the handwriting to each other, which is bullshit. That doesn't actually work. Yeah, that's kind of the point of the scene, though, in a way, too. I think it kind of makes fun of like handwriting analysis, like. And I forget what it's called. Um, the the study of handwriting to determine somebody's like personality or something, or to determine like to match it to another another piece of handwriting. Um. Hold on, I have it here. Oh, it's graph called just called graphology. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 bunk. It's pseudoscience, mm-hmm. and 
Yeah, so the 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 graphologist um, in this scene at uh, yes. at unnamed city PD HQ. Yep. Um, he's yep. like, yeah, these are totally different women. Like this woman, uh, she it's is confident. Kind of, <laughs> this one's meek, and if if you get these two in a room together, that'd be quite a party. That was ridiculous. Yeah, it was crazy. I think that I think that was played straight. I, I think you're giving this movie too much credit. It was not like meant to. <laughs> that was totally played straight. It, it, you're you're probably right. I'm reading it as a, as a criticism of handwriting, as gra- of graphology. Sorry. We also get some more scenes of um, interspersed throughout of uh, patients and Tom going on dates. Yeah. And they have um, the scene where they go to the the fair, and then well, we have the basketball scene. The first. basketball scenes first, yeah. Because oh he's God, at school, he, he's yeah, good, he's he's a good cop. He's he's like this is this is so fucking this, again completely inadvertent, not intended. But this is like a good criticism of how bullshit it is when cops do like this kind of community outreach. Because yes. mm-hmm. like he's sitting there in a classroom full of like troubled urban youths, and he's like, remember, be good, stay on the right side yeah. of the law. Because like I don't want to have to come after you kids in a few years, and they all laugh. And he's like. Just remember, like, do the right thing, kids. It's such, like, canned bullshit. It's so yeah, funny. Yeah, and then the kids are like, can we see your gun? And I think one kid's like, are you going to shoot your gun now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God, yeah. Um, but then Patience, th- this is when Patience hooks up, with, meets up with them again and, and says sorry for missing our original date. Um, and they have, like, fun, flirty basketball uh music video style uh, scene yeah yeah very much like the um daredevil and electra scene on the playground uh it's incredibly sexual this is this one's more sexual i rewatched the daredevil scene and i was like oh this is tame oh jesus the most sexual thing from the daredevil one is when he throws his cane and it pierces the bench right Mm -hmm. that visual is the only hint of like sexiness in that scene whereas this one they actually um benjamin bratt and halle berry actually do have some chemistry mm-hmm. and they're like all on each other they're yeah it's in front of, in front of a bunch of children and, <laughs> and they and like she lands on him at the end like that yep. he's he's prone on the yep. ground already and then she like lands on him and uh yeah there's just mm-hmm. children cheering them on well like can we have our ball back <laughs> yeah so they have that date they, they the, the other date they have is they go to the fair and um they're on the merry-go-round um, a ferris wheel i always get those confused <laughs> they're on they're on this the sideways <laughs> merry-go-round and um and the it kind of shorts out when they're right at the top and he's like oh well it looks like we're gonna be stuck up here for a while and she's like i don't mind he's like i don't mind either but then the whole ride starts to break down the cgi of the cogs breaking down is is incredible is wild <laughs> um there's some oh god what's that what's that movie production studio that like the that was their logo yeah. for a little while. Like mm-hmm. they had like gears. I think it's Lionsgate. Is it Lionsgate? Yeah, yeah it was yeah, Lionsgate. It looked yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. It reminded me of Lionsgate. <laughs> like the Lionsgate logo. Um. So yeah, the the ride breaks down, and Tom jumps down, and he tries. He he climbs down the ride, and he tries to fix it, and then this kid starts to slip out, and his his seat starts to break with like the rusty screws. He's like, "Mommy, help yeah. me!" And um, we get some some more unfortunate CGI of patients crawling like a cat and leaping like a cat to save him. Yeah, yeah, it's it's even more unfortunate in this scene. I don't know. It's just it's, it's really, really bad. bad. Um, well, it's brighter, right? Like it's it's in broad daylight. I thought it was at night. I can't remember. No, that is that, that, scene, that is date it... scene is in broad daylight, like with just out outside. Yeah. Whereas the um, all the other CGI, it's usually at night or inside right. somewhere, so they can it can kind of skate by on some some better mm-hmm. lighting. 
yeah, it's it's an unfortunate scene. Um, I don't remember like even the point of that scene. Like it's just... she she saves a kid, and Tom somewhat he he like he like jerry rigs and saves he kind of they're able to get everyone down but like i guess i don't know he become of, somewhat suspicious kind of of her? like what is the yeah what is like the overall no because because he's distracted fixing the ride or trying to fix right. the ride so he doesn't see her save the kid but of course everyone else does but um but he can't put it together because he misses that right. happening so there's almost like no plot no yeah function of that scene I guess it's their it's it's their next date because after this date they hook up. Right, um, right. I guess yeah, we have to have some reason for them to actually fuck. And that's when he gets suspicious because he finds a diamond studded claw right. on the floor of her yes. apartment. Well, I think we're skipping ahead though because she becomes Catwoman in, be- in somewhere in between outfit. here. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, the sexier outfit where. Yeah, it, it kind of just like smashed. Yeah, inexplicably, to her. just she has a new costume. Just like walking on walking on top of the yeah. building. Yeah. Well, I I interpreted it as it's her original costume. She just changes. I it. guess like she rips it apart. It's that's what it seems like. She does symmetrical aesthetic looking rips. <laughs> yeah, um, but I guess the the claws are maybe even more inexplicable. Like no, she 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 makes the claws from the uh, thing she stole. The, di- the diamond, the diamonds, oh. the weird necklace, the necklace looks, it kind of looks like a Black Panther necklace yeah, thing yeah, with yeah. the claws. Oh, yeah, she yeah. gets it from that. Okay. Okay. And yeah, the, her neck, her new costume, it's become pretty iconic in its own right. Um, you see it like. It's the Halloween costume shitty... you can buy. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, no, like, like sh- shitty, those shitty like spirit Halloween oh, pop-up yeah. stores, they always carry mm-hmm. this kind of thing and they always carry some knockoff der- derivative version of it. Um. But yeah, no, it, it's that that's like the the biggest piece of staying power this movie had was the was the outfit. Probably also one of the biggest criticisms people have. I mean, it's just a very incredibly revealing outfit. It is, which which I mean, just to to be a cishet guy, like that that in and of itself isn't a problem. I I think in like a movie with better, more developed gender poli- like gender politics and like corporate gender politics, like if this movie had. Basically, if this movie, if, if this was a better movie and had more substance to it, like that kind of owning your own sexuality, it wouldn't be as blatant as it is right. in this case. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, it's it's basically just like softcore material for teenage yeah. boys, mm-hmm. right? If it, if it, the film came into its own differently, maybe you can kind of excuse it. But um, it's it's very easy just to you know kind of say, well. It, nothing in this film works and this is the you know this is um one of the more egregious examples of uh you know hollywood sexism and misogyny because the selena kyle um from batman returns which i i think it's one of the better old school batman movies batman returns um her outfit is equally sexualized but she she's a more complete character in that movie has a little more going on in terms of the um in terms of like corporate sexism right. um and in that isn't as just like oh it's just objectification mm-hmm. it there, there's more to that outfit and like how it how it informs a character yeah. um so yeah yeah i, I, I definitely get that criticism. And Mich- michelle Pfeiffer's uh yeah her her costume is just better yeah no it, it's, it's and so she's better, better in like yeah. the actual Catwoman role yes um yes so yeah yeah um yeah so that we get that smash cut new costume she's on a building she's 
she she kind of has amnesia actually so she doesn't remember how she died um she's piecing things back together and she she's by like a at the harbor like a, a dockyard and she sees um the hader bodyguard yeah. guy what what is what she does is she she breaks back into the production facility right because she remembers that at least yeah she remembers that and she follows one of the security guards that chased her and right, killed her to the dockyard to the no to a is bar it, well, like first a it's a dockyard, isn't it? Because there's like the uh, the shipping crates. Like, I think you're jumping ahead. Mm, no, no, that's where they go first because he kills the scientist guy. She right. sees the doesn't oh, she see yeah. the dead scientist first? She sees the dead scientist in the production, in the production facility. right in the production facility, and yeah. then she follows the guy, the security guard who just killed security guard him, number one, the scientist, yeah. and they go. Oh, doesn't she push him in the water? Or I, don't I don't remember. Fuck. I don't fucking know. But it, she go, they go the to point, a dockyard the is, and then they go to a bar. She follows him to a bar. Yeah, he. she follows him to a bar. And the inside of the bar, at least part of it, um, it looks like a combination of two really shitty bougie bars. Here in <laughs> <Austin>. <laughs> like, There's one bar that's literally called Container Bar. And it's just like made of shipping containers. And the inside of it looks probably like that. And then there's this, I forget the name of the other one, but there's like the shitty bar with the dance floor and it, the dance floor aspect of this book is kind of like that. So yeah. Um, Cause it's like a circle in the middle, the dance floor. Yeah. With like hexagonal floor pieces yeah. or whatever. And um, everybody's kind of uh, seated outside of the circle, kind of looking in. Yeah. Right. And she orders um, a white Russian, but hold the vodka. Yeah. Gula, which is kind <laughs> so of cute. It's just the cream. She just drinks the cream. And then she does a weird like dance routine slash whip routine on the dance floor yep. and then she attacks the security guard who just killed the scientist right and she pushes him outside and in the alleyway they have their fight uh and this is this is the fight where she toys with him in a really mm-hmm. cool way and um yeah and then she gets the information from him that they were trying to kill her um because she had seen the the issue with the makeup um, and then this is where she go, actually goes to confront Laurel Hedera yes. in her mm-hmm. mansion. Yeah. And uh, Laurel, this is interesting. She kind of like helps her. She prompts her to go after George right. and she tells him mm-hmm. where he is. She gives him a cell phone. Um, she gives at, patients a cell phone. Yep. Um, at an opera. He's, a, he's, he's at the yeah. opera, which is again, which is kind of like Batman parents or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, and she confronts him at the opera. She's going to kill him. But then the security guards catch up to her. And this is where um, she has her first face-to-face encounter with tom lone as catwoman yeah they have a little fight scene um she escapes um and again again with the daredevil stuff um she she's backed into a corner and all these cops are pointing the guns at her and she's like oh do you can who raise your hand or like who here can see in the dark i can and then she turns out the lights because she hits the fuse box and she escapes yeah. the fuse box actually has a little icon of a cat and electricity on it yes yeah nice that was that was something well, some yeah, just something. It was nothing. Something. <laughs> nothing of any significance, but it's something. Nope. Um, uh, God, what? Else? And then eventually, more shit happens. Um, this movie. This movie is kind of confusing. Like it, it just mm-hmm. a at this lot point, happens. it just becomes confusing. A lot happens, but it's like not in the most coherent no order of events happening. Yeah, at this point. 
yeah, Patience is being more or less manipulated by Laurel to take down George. Um, right, because she goes back to the Hedair mansion later on a second right. time, mm-hmm. and she stumbles across George's corpse. Yeah, Laurel's like, oh, George, uh, just it was something he passed out. Uh, he's behind the desk. Go look over there. Or no, she's right. like, oh, I, have, I have evidence of George's malfeasance. Go to the, go to the study, and right. then George's dead body is there. And she shoves a smoking, literally a smoking gun into yeah. Patience's hand. And she had already scratched up George, like right. claw marks. Mm-hmm. And then she screams. And she had had cops wait in there, and they run in. Yeah. And she, so Patience is framed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Patience is framed. Um, and she's actually, she escapes. She escapes, but then is actually caught because Tom's waiting for her at her apartment. Yeah. He he figures it out because of that nail, the um, yep. the, the crystal nail that he found earlier. Um, and then oh oh he this is a funny part though he like after they sleep together he steals a glass from her apartment because they sleep together after the scene with George Hedare in the opera so they sleep together after that scene he takes a glass from her apartment and he 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 goes to the the forensic uh lab at the PD and mm-hmm he compares the the lip stain on the glass right and, and the kiss that Catwoman gave him behind the, the scenes right. of the opera yeah and they do like a image in hands image in hands yeah it's like Some csi like thing yeah, yeah weird like saliva analysis um yeah which definitely doesn't exist if uh, the, like like lip fingerprint yeah know, like <laughs> yeah if graphology is bullshit this is uh 10 times more yeah and, and including both of those scenes there's no way those were played anything but straight unfortunately yeah no unfortunately the the second one is even more straight than the previous one um so she kind of has like a come to jesus moment in the cell um the the cat midnight comes to visit her again um and gives gives her like inspiration um and i guess the sally character is kind of justified because through the the her cell window she can see an advertisement like a billboard for the makeup line which is launching like that night like it's being shipped out to retailers that night and that's what's what inspires her to to break out of prison because she still has something to fight for. Right. Mm-hmm. But the Sally character just goes nowhere. It, yeah. It it functions very little other than like motivation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So then Catwoman destroys all of the makeup. Well, she destroys the trucks that the makeup's in. She puts a chain through like all the axles of these trucks. And then she ties it behind one of them, and she steals that one. She hijacks that one, and she drives ahead and it rips out like the wheels of all of them yeah yeah it was neat it was it was like a clever because like catwoman as a character doesn't have like a lot of brute force so like it's like a clever way to do a lot of damage in a quick Mm -hmm. in a quick time frame yeah yeah i appreciated that and then she she and tom independently go to confront laurel at the hedair corporate office Mm -hmm. yep um and and laurel is gonna kill tom yeah she shoots him once in the in the shoulder i think yeah yeah and then um, Catwoman jumps in, and they they kind of tussle, but then her and Tom escape. Um, and then this sets up the the really kind of fascinating fight scene at the end. Um, so it's the two security guards versus Tom, and it's it's Patience versus Laurel. Um, and we learn that the makeup kind of gives people hardened skin like diamonds, yeah. <laughs> which which explains how Laurel can stand up to to patients which is i thought was interesting that, that's yeah. kind of like um 
it's almost like a combination of like the Joker plot from the original Burton Batman movie because sure. the, the whole makeup thing that mm-hmm. he did. Uh, it's, it's a combination of that of Professor Pig, who's a more recent villain, and his whole thing is like body modification, um, and also a little bit of Clayface, which is about like um, the like the the Basil Carlo version of Clayface, who's an actor and who's who right. uses like clay on his face um, mm-hmm. to hide his identity. So like we, the idea of like weaponized makeup and weaponized appearance is a pretty classic Batman villain um, trope. Yeah. It was it's just it's it's just interesting that like this this female villain um had it in in like th- this this um makeup because makeup as armor makeup literally becomes armor for her. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Yeah. And that's where they try to get some kind of uh some kind of feminist message uh throughout this film and Right. I, I would think it's it's a somewhat uh successful like I mean, if we're having a charitable interpretation here, somewhat successful criticism of like corporate feminism, empowerment type lingo and language. Um, you know, George Adair, he's he's he has some a few lines that are kind of like in that that mode of like, you know, current day beauty right. product, um, right. you know, empowerment. Yeah, like, oh, we want to make people we want to make all women as beautiful on the outside as they are on the on on the inside. Right. He says yeah. something like that. Mm-hmm. He says something like that. And I, I appreciate that um, the way the movie culminates, because, of course, Catwoman defeats patient or defeats Laurel. Um, the movie doesn't finish with her regaining either her position within the company or like becoming the CEO or anything. Um, she just leaves. Right. Like she quits her corporate job. And um, in the villain of the movie, it isn't like the it, it, it isn't like bad corporate um, interests of a makeup company. It's just the corporate interest of the makeup company period as personified by both the patriarchal figure, but also the woman CEO um, is just as complicit in this movie as, as is her, um, her shitty husband. Yeah, that's true. Lean in. It's bad. It's bad folks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Don't lean in. Don't lean out. Lean out. Lean out. Don't lean in. Cause you, don't lean in. Cause you'll fall out of the top of the Hedera building. <laughs> like Sharon Stone does. Yeah. So they fight in like um it looks like a warehouse yeah it's like it's where they store all these like large format photographs of the models that were maybe on billboards or or at just promotional events Um, i imagine in like retailers too yeah retailers and um there's there's one sequence where uh, catwoman's just like throwing laurel like through the prints and they're like of her laurel's face and what makes it even more interesting is uh, we got we got a little beat earlier, much at the beginning of the movie, where we saw um, Laurel's um, Laurel's photographs, like the the high res glossy, the the big ones in the lobby of the Hedera building, being taken down, being taken being, right, and being replaced with um, her husband's younger side piece right. uh, photos, mm-hmm. um, and that's and so they were just storing up all these old photos, almost like. Um, kind of like a dorian gray thing like hiding her photos away up in the attic um to be like like even though she's aging on the inside so there there was some kind of resonance there Mm. this movie's smart folks smarter than it gets credit for at least yeah and crucially also um when when sharon stone is is hanging on the edge of the building um catwoman does try to save her yeah that's true catwoman in this movie uh does more shows more empathy towards the villain than uh, Bruce Wayne does in Batman Begins. Yeah, for sure. 
I mean, he just lets he deliberately lets Rache die. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, the movie just ends. After yeah, the yeah she just leaves. Ends. She just um, and she breaks up with the cops. So good for her. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that was interesting. So um, I was surprised. I appreciate that she broke up with the cop, but there was a part of the movie that I liked. Like when she is apprehended by him yep. um, and he realizes, you know, patience is Catwoman. Yep. Um, he, he books her ostensibly like a bunch of people would know, like all the cops would know there'd be a record that like she is Catwoman. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So I thought it'd be like interesting going forward to have this movie or the sequel where like everybody knows Catwoman is Patience Phillips. Um, it's not a secret identity so much as just like, she has to live in the shadows. She has to live a very like, you know, hush hush lifestyle. Um, I, th- I feel like that'd be more in keeping with the comics almost. Um, but then right, he's like, like, no, I'll just like, I'll tell everybody that you have an alibi. You were in the cell the whole time. Well, Catwoman was doing this, so obviously you two are different people. Right, right. Which I guess I mean, if I have no idea what 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 Pitoff thought the the, <laughs> the future of the series would be going forward, but if they ever wanted to try to make a sequel, um, they could definitely get a lot of mileage out of that, that double identity thing. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, I think it would be almost more interesting if the double identity wasn't there. I don't know. I thought it was just yeah. an interesting beat to just have it like within the first movie. Oh, we figured out who Catwoman is. It's not a secret identity anymore. So folks, we have Lewis here arguing that this movie should have been more like the MCU and just have been <laughs> in the concept of secret identities altogether. Um, but you know, no, I, I get what you're saying um, for the, for the, for this iteration of the character, because part of her, her backstory is that patients and Catwoman become synthesized into one being. Right. So the, it kind of almost, a, a, a secret identity can't exist in that in that framework and also like i mean batman villains don't traditionally have alter egos that are secret to the public Cat right catwoman does in some in some versions okay because some in some versions selena kyle is a socialite um and she's a cat burglar at night. Oh, um, sure, sure, sure. Yeah. But again, that, that's more of the classic cat burglar, n- non-powered cat burglar iteration. Whereas, um, like I was saying with this one, the idea is that they become synthesized into one person, like a, like all the other Batman villains kind of do. Right, exactly. That's my point. I mean, you know, someone like Harvey Dent and Two-Face, it's a synthesis. Yep. Uh, Mad Hatter and whatever that guy's name. Um, Penguin. Penguin. Riddler, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, they, they all... What what what's interesting is even though Batman very much has a double identity and he's synthesized in secret, the villains become synthesized in in some in total. Right, um, especially because like they go through these uh, state apparatus. You know, they yes, go through yes. Arkham or they go yep. into what Blackgate is that the prison? Blackgate's the more normal one, yeah. yeah. And they yeah, and and all the villains get physically and psychologically scarred too. Right. So I don't know. I would I thought it would be interesting if like. She actually, she was able to escape and do her Catwoman thing, but then it was still, you know, well known by Mm -hmm. like the authorities that Catwoman is Patience Phillips, but I don't know. It would also play up the Robin Hood aspect too. Yeah. Kind of the the good chaotic thief um, angle that they kind of, kind of developed with this one. And, and actually most versions of Catwoman, she, she's not quite a villain really. She's more like, she's more of an anti-hero in the classical sense. Right. Um, I mean, she she does 
quote unquote bad things. She steals from rich people. Oh no. Um, but they, they do. She, she's generally more sane and empathetic than most Batman villains are. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's the movie. Yeah. Um, we do have a couple of workers of note here. Um, fittingly, um, we have production in art direction. Um, production design is bill oh god brzezinski that's what i would have um, said yeah <laughs> yeah well i looked at the brz and i kind of blanched it. <laughs> uh and we have art direction by uh shepherd frankel dan hermanson and don mccauley oh don mccauley and frank varilla and then set direction by uh carol lavelle and lisa k sessions um i think overall just like these kind of um you know these are pretty similar aspects of any film um you can kind of lump them together and i think this film does it well like and it doesn't have to the hader building is pretty memorable for for the catwoman movie um it looks like a bunch of shitty corporate buildings i've been to it reminded me of a lot of like shitty corp shitty corporate quote-unquote creative space offices that i've been to um the the area for the final fight scene was pretty memorable yep. and and especially how the whole building was arranged so that Sharon Stone, when she fell down, she literally landed on that Dr. Strange love meeting table at the bottom. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. With the, with the Hedera logo, the yep. H, which had a cool, it was, it was a cool logo. Yeah, It was a cool logo. Um, and then even just like the, the more simpler sets, like, um, patients apartment. Um, I think mm-hmm. we get a good uh, feel for that space in general. They get a lot of mileage out of her doing cat like things in the apartment. Yeah. Like when she sleeps on top of, um, it's not even a shelf. It's kind of like a hanging light or something. Yeah, it's weird. It's kind of like a beam of some sort that's like kind decorative. of decorative. Yeah, maybe decorative. I I don't know. Maybe it's a support beam that they like they put sheetrock around so it doesn't something something like yeah that. stick something out like as that. much. It's really strange. And then um, and even just like there's that one um, it, you know it's a scene that really doesn't have much import um, on the story, but. Uh, She's talking with Sally, Alex Borstein, when she's in the hospital. And, uh, you know, it would just be a normal phone conversation, cross-cutting scene, um, I think, in most films. But in this film, we have, when we cut back to Holly Berry every time, she's, like, jumping on the sofa. Yes. Or, you know, yes. she's she's doing these very cat-like, uh, nimble motions to kind of test her powers and be quiet because she's on the phone and she doesn't want, you know, Sally to know that she's, like, Catwoman. No, totally. I, I agree with that. Um, there, there, that space was planned well yeah. for that, for that little beat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, kudos to these individuals. So, uh, closing thoughts, who do we have? Um, our broke recommendation is for DC Elseworlds fans. Um, mm-hmm. this and Joker, I think are the only live action Elseworlds, uh, I can think of, uh, because they are not within any other continuity of, of film, um, right. And uh, for those of you who don't know, the DC Elseworlds is uh, an alternative uh, imprint of DC where um, right. the characters we know and love um, exist in either different time periods or just different milieus. Um, there's a Batman by uh, Gotham by Gaslight. It's a, I think that was the first I one. I think actually. that is the first one. Uh, there's there's uh, pirate buccaneer Batman. Yep. I have that issue somewhere. It's uh, pretty good, pretty dope. Uh, vampire Batman, favorite of mine. Uh, yep, vampire Batman's really good. Um, Batman gets a lot of them, yeah, obviously, he does. But, but um, there there's some other interesting ones. There's one called um, 
speeding bullets, I think, and it's uh, baby Kal-El lands in Gotham huh. and becomes Batman. So again, um, again it's about Batman. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. Um, I'm trying to think, oh God, what's another non-Batman one? Is Kingdom um, Come in Elseworlds? Is that considered an Elseworlds? Yes, yeah. it is considered an Elseworlds, yeah. But that's kind of a more whole universe. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but yeah, Kingdom Come's incredible. Um, yeah. Yeah, so for our, our, our woke recommendation, we have... <laughs> This is a little too uncomfortably close. Uh, <laughs> disgruntled creatives, disgruntled creative millennials, um, whoever get laid off from their from their industry jobs. Um, this movie is very cathartic to watch. Um, yeah, I've I've been through in the past what patience has been through um, to some degree. Um, and yeah, with that scene where she told off her boss and she got a round of applause, I'm like, yes, this is this is my Joaquin Phoenix ending where he <laughs> is where everyone applauds him at the end. Um, that that would be my version of it. Yeah, yeah the 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 uh, instance of uh, white collar solidarity. <laughs> yeah, Catwoman is the white collar Joker. <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus, gotta oh, love yeah. it. Um, yeah, and so our bespoke is uh, for cat owners. Um, Hell yeah! Which I myself am one. Uh, Hell yeah! There's a lot of cool cats. Um, shout out to Celeste. Shout out to Celeste. You've probably seen our Instagram. She doesn't have her own Instagram, but our Instagram is a lot of Celeste. Um, she has, she has part time. She doesn't want to get too invested. Yeah, yeah. She's got to do a lot of sleeping and chirping at birds. Um, <laughs> the life, folks. The life. But yeah, I mean, I think there's really only one actual cat. Like all the other cats are CGI. Uh, no, no, when she I guess when some she visits. Of them are, oh, when she, visits, when she yep, mm-hmm. um, the house. Yep, um, when she visits Joker's mom. Yep. There's, there's a, a, she has a shit ton of real cats, and then actually when she dies, her death scene. There are some shots where they are live action cats. Like they're pretty in a bunch of scenes. They are pretty obviously CGI. Yeah, though. like when the cat yeah. breathes into her, yeah. like that. That cat's very much CGI. <laughs> yes, yes, for sure. It's, but yeah, no, Midnight's a cute cat. Midnight's a good cat actor. Yeah, great cat actor. Um, I think its name is just Midnight, or I couldn't figure out what its name is, so its name is Midnight. We couldn't get us uh, a name on this one, folks. Unlike um, One Take Charlie from the Warcraft movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah so i mean this this film doesn't deserve its reputation um by any means yeah i i didn't i certainly th- this definitely isn't one of the better movies we've seen for this show no. um mm-hmm. but it's definitely not one of the the really bad movies we've seen for the show yeah. and i would say not having rewatched daredevil 2003 recently at all but just based on my memory from childhood this this movie's better than the 2003 daredevil um i think they're comparable ish because like some movie some some parts of this movie it does better than daredevil some parts it does worse um i, I think daredevil is just written a little tighter um it has That's fair. better act it has better action scenes um better, better fight scenes in daredevil but this movie has better performances i think um it has it has a better like theme even though it really, even though it isn't really realized than daredevil but uh, i don't know I, I would put them roughly on par yeah and a contrast folks land a contrast yes. land a contrast um uh, but yeah uh thanks for listening um on this uh on this double hopefully uh you could do a double um screening with this and joker and compare and contrast back to that land of contrasts <laughs> uh yeah folks um 
It, well, it should be said actually that um, Zoe Kravitz is going to be yes. Batwoman. Batwoman. Uh, Batwoman. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's gonna, Ruby Rose. That's Ruby Rose. Uh, Zoe Kravitz is going to be Catwoman in the Matt yes. Reeves, uh, Robert Pattinson, uh, the Batman film, yep. which is good casting all around. Yeah, great casting. Paul Dano as uh, Riddler. I have tweeted this, but the most punchable actor playing the most punchable Batman villain yep. is very good casting. Yep. Um, we're still waiting on some of the other casting choices. I believe Penguin's in the movie. They haven't really cast him yet. Um, Correct. Uh, um, Jonah Hill was supposed to be in, but then he's dropped out so far. I forget, I forget the actor's name, but the guy that played uh, Felix Leader in the Daniel Craig Batman uh Daniel Craig, wow. Daniel Craig, uh, James Bond movies is going to play Gordon. Huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know who you're talking about. Um, he's a great actor. He's in... The Folks, we are doing some of our patent. Je- Jeffrey Wright, I think is his name. That's it. Yeah. Yes. He's uh he's great in great choice. He's great in another maligned film that we should probably do someday. Uh Ang Lee's Ride with the Devil, a Civil War film. We should maybe do that one one Hell day. Oh yes. Yeah. Ang Lee's Civil War film. I didn't know that existed. We we <laughs> fuck yes. Oh my god, yes. Yeah, it's great, folks. Um but yeah, so uh Catwoman, Zoe Kravitz. Uh, just good recently choice. announced, good choice. Um, yeah, hopefully that, that movie doesn't suck. Sounds promising so far. Yeah, yeah. Procon is pro our Pats Batman. Yep, we are pro our Bats. Um, we are not being paid by DC, although you might think so because we just previous <laughs> to this one. On, uh, on I mean, I think we've we've done more DC films only because they've actually gotten rotten reviews. I was looking oh, at right. no Marvel film has a rotten score, even Punch Iron Man two. Even uh, Thor: The Dark World, they're all. Oh, oh, you mean like official MCU movies? Yeah, yeah, official MCU okay, okay. films. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, like Hulk has a has a rotten and, and Ghost Rider, and but Punisher. Yeah, and Punisher, but not yeah, not an official MCU film. Not a single. I one. think we've done more Marvel films if we, if we take than than DC films, right? Because we've done Ghost Rider, Hulk, Punisher, Blade, Blade. Yeah. Um, DC, we've done this in Suicide Squad, Justice League, Superman, uh, Supergirl, and Supergirl. We tied. Dead heat. Dead heat, folks. All right. Dead heat. All right. We'll What'll see. What'll be next? Oh. Well, thanks for listening. We will see you next time. See you next time, folks. See these eyes so green. I can stare for a thousand. So long And I've been putting out fire With castle